Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, October the 12th, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome everybody to the show. We're honored that you've chosen to join us and spend this time with us as we enter into uh, an ever-deepening understanding of this awesome first-century tool called forgiveness. Our inquiry is into the energetic dynamics of life, Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial, health, well-being, disease. To look at all of these things from an energetic perspective and come to understand what first century Aramaic forgiveness has to do with the process. And our offering is that, of course... It has everything to do with the process because when we have a handle on the forgiveness process, that word in the ancient Aramaic represents a tool for removing what never belonged within your structure. And of course, we'll throw in for those who may be new to the show, well, how do you tell what never belonged in your structure? Our starting point for that question is hold the newborn child. And when you hold the newborn, tap into its essence. You'll know exactly what human life is and exactly what we are designed and made for as human beings. Anything less than that does not belong in the structure, does not belong within us. And our structure is a device, what we call our bodies, which, you know, aren't aren't physical at all, but rather are energy devices, store thoughts, feelings, realities, and information that comes into us. Stores those things holographically within what the world calls the body, but is really a device made of carbon designed to hold information about what happens, to store that information. We call it carbon-based memory. And so if you talk to a modern-day physiologist about what your body is made of, they'll tell you that the base element is carbon. And carbon 
in this structure holds memory. When you think of yourself as an energy system, when you think of human life as an energy system, you recognize that this device stores every thought, every feeling, every reality that comes to it, and it stores it holographically in every cell, including the sperm and the egg. And were you to conceive a child tomorrow, that child would have in its structure every thought you've ever thought, every feeling you've ever felt, every reality you've ever engaged in. Now, there are going to be people who want to live in denial of that, but you don't have to look very far to verify it. Actually, if you go to our website and just type in the word ghost, you'll see a link there for a free watch of a movie, call, a movie called The Ghost in Your Genes. It's actually a documentary where the geneticists are starting to get very excited about the discovery, as though it's something new on planet Earth to understand that this device stores thoughts, feelings, realities but the discovery that that's exactly what's happening. So watch the ghost in your genes. It's powerful. And this information is stored in this carbon-based memory system. And if you talk to a modern-day physiologist, they'll tell you that carbon is made of six electrons, six protons, six neutrons. 666 is the number of your carbon-based memory. And that has implications to take us all the way back into the Aramaic, where they said the... The enemy that we need to deal with, the enemy at the gates, has a number, and its number is 666. They call it the beast. And if you've ever dealt with you know, a, an untoward response that you have, maybe toward your spouse, your parents, your children, something that you'd rather never do again, you know how much of a beast it can be when it's triggered into activity, and it seems totally beyond your control to change it. Our offering is that you crack open the blocks to accessing generational memories. You know, if you go back to the ancient Aramaic, they told us that, and, and the word that represents energies that are off the mark to this human system in Aramaic, you know, when you think of your body-mind unit as an energetic device, there are energies that build it up and energies that tear it down. Where you put tear-down energy you store things that when you get to look at them or feel them, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to like it. Your cells are going to say, ouch. Your emotional body is going to say, ouch. Your mind is going to say, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to deal with this. And so the tendency is going to be to move into a space of thinking or speaking about other people when that comes up in you, rather than going, oh, I'm the one who's disturbed here. I have some work to do. I need to look at, well, but it's easier for me to talk about you as the problem in my life and recognize that there's only one problem in your life and you're, it. you're the one who carries your carbon-based memory. And the most awesome thing you can do is to forgive or remove every little bit of fear and hostility that you can so that you don't even have the ability to generate those kinds of energies. If you have the ability to generate those kind of energies, then notice you've got work to do. Of course, what your mind will tell you is, well, no, no, I'm only upset because of him. Well, I'm feeling this, you know, this kind of, oh, I don't want to communicate with that person because I've got something inside of me that says I need to escape. I need to get out of here. I need to be free of this person because they're the problem in my life. The truth is, if you've got somebody like that, that's the very person you want to go into the face of and approach because they're the one who can show you the part of you that needs to be healed. So go back to the Aramaic and disintegrative energy, it was a word that was used to describe disintegrative energy and they knew exactly how it worked. This whole story, when you go back to the Aramaic scriptures, isn't about theology, it's just about how it works. So the word that describes disintegrative energy is the word sin. Sin is an archery term. When you fire at a target and you miss the bullseye, the scorekeeper would yell, sin, you're off the mark. When you put an energy into your structure, then those energies are stored in your structure, and if they are off the mark energies, then they begin the deterioration of your structure. So you go back and you hear in the ancient Aramaic, they say the wages of sin is death, 
that's been interpreted through the Greek translations, at least the way it was always presented to me as, well, you know, God's going to get you for your sins. Like, nothing to do with it. That's just such a ridiculous, ridiculous, inane, insane statement. Love isn't out to get anybody for anything. That whole story about God being enraged and God being jealous is all projections of men. The creator is the space of love. That's all. The theological monstrosity made up by men is just that, a theological monstrosity made up by men. The creator is the space of active love in which if you can bring forward what you've been hiding from yourself and actually be responsible for it, you can free yourself from it. So when they said the wages of sin is death, they were saying the result of avoiding and not wanting to deal directly, you know, always talking about somebody else, not wanting to deal directly is how you keep energies locked within your tissue structure. And you'll notice when those energies are activated, you're in pain. You're in pain at that moment. You're in physical pain the next day. Just take a look and watch the correlation. And instead of focusing on and making somebody else the enemy, especially if it's the person you've said is the object of your love, choose to be a space of love with them and treat them according to the commitment of lovingly, gently, respectfully. I'll be here for and with you and keep communication open. Rather than cutting off communication, I'm not saying a word, I'm not having anything to do with you. So carbon-based memory counsels us to do what the world has been doing forever. Leave. Get out of here. I don't want to deal with this. I just talked to someone on the phone this morning who's got that issue coming up in relationship to a very close relative, and it's like, so how many times in the abusive childhood did you want to get out of there? Did you want to leave? So notice that here you are in all this pain and trauma wanting to leave, and here's another layer of it coming up for healing. Thank your mother for bringing it up and showing it to you, and remember to keep love present in your mind because the true being that you are, the love that you are, has never been touched by that. But the mind creates hallucinations out of those things, and we try to keep our hallucinations hidden. When we keep our hallucinations hidden, our disintegrative energy, that is in Aramaic, would be our sin, our energies that are off the mark, then we lock them into tissue and we pass them on to the next generation. Remember that story about the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years? You know, how do you get lost in a 30 square mile area for 40 years? It's nothing to do with a hot sandy place. The desert is a code word in the ancient scriptures for the unconscious. People functioning unconsciously out of their carbon-based memories, hostility and fear, and making pictures of other people and pretending that what they're feeling is about other people is the biggest lie that ever happened. Now, go to the next step in the ancient Aramaic, and what they said is, understanding how this energy system works, the sins of the fathers, and of course the mothers, will be passed to three and four generations. What that means is that if your great-great-great-great-grandmother, and you had four of them, had some form of hostility or fear that they did not resolve, then that's stored within your structure. And your great-great-great-great-grandfather, and you had four of them, and maybe I'm off with my numbers there, it might actually be eight of each, had some form of hostility or fear that they were not able to resolve, were not able to reach into themselves and forgive, then that was generationally passed to you. And if the generations before them had those energies then nobody knew how to resolve them. Then they just keep coming on down the tube. I was sharing with the person that I was speaking with this morning that when you recognize this generational pattern, it becomes really urgent to understand what it is that you're dealing with. And in just 30 generations, if you sit down and do the multiplication, you'll find that in 30 generations, and this is what you carry in your structure. 
You know, when they said in the scriptures three to four generations, where did the fourth generation back get their issues? And where did the four generations before that and the four before that and the four before that? In a simple 30 generations, and it's hard to believe the number multiplies out so quickly, you have one billion seventy three million seven hundred and forty one thousand eight hundred and twenty four ancestors. And the technology is now available freely on planet Earth for how to mop up that mess relatively quickly if someone's willing to do their work. Now, of course, if one's not willing to do their work, if one comes up with all kinds of excuses as to why they shouldn't and they think about and talk about everybody else as the problem, then, of course, they don't do their work. They pretend to. But when the stress is up and the chips are down, they default and go right back to the generational pattern. And, you know, everybody's familiar with nightmares, you know, People have nightmares. They have these haunting images, thoughts, feelings, physical, you know, sensations that can move with terrifying speed and, and seem to be totally out of our control. My offering is that if you have nightmares, it's a reflection of unresolved energetic dynamics of the generations and your life in carbon-based memory. And they are removable through the wake-up sheet. That's the tool that we're offering as a way to move through those issues. If you haven't tapped into the wake-up sheet yet, we invite you to go to our website, whyagain.org, and scroll down the page a little bit, and you'll see a bullseye in the middle of the page. Click on the bullseye. The bullseye will give you a whole series of links for how to engage in forgiveness. In particular, the third link gives you uh, MP3, links to MP3 radio shows where we've walked somebody through the whole process. There's no excuse not to understand the process. There are 16 free hours. Now, if you want to pay us for support, you're welcome to go to our catalog and order Why Is This Happening to Me Again. There's a four-hour DVD. There's a two-hour DVD. There's my book on DVD. There's a a four-hour CD. But you don't need to do that. We'd appreciate the support. That would be awesome. But it's there for free, and we're here to answer questions. So, Take the tool, take the wake-up sheet, and start to work through it. Now, people who've never thought about this look continuously at pictures in their minds. They think they're looking out at the world. And in fact, what they're looking at is what their own carbon-based memory has injected into the images that make up the world that we see. So our eyes are not windows, they are injectors. And we paint out of what the world resonates in us on the inside of our eyeballs, whatever the predominant resonant energy is in us. And so if the energy is hostility or fear-based, then we paint pictures and we go, and you really make me so mad. Well, you'll notice that every time you've been mad, you're the only one who's been there. You're mad's about you. You're sad's about you. Your hate, your fear, your anger, your rage, your glad, your sweetness is all about you. When we deny and dissociate enough energy, then what happens is in sleep, those things bubble up to the surface. They create pictures no different than the daytime pictures that we get. And those pictures we call nightmares. But what I want to talk about today is, as opposed to nightmares, I want to talk about daymares. Because virtually everybody lives in them continuously. Similar to nightmares, things move with terrifying speed and seem to be totally out of control. They create haunting images, thoughts, feelings, and physical dynamics. And they paint pictures that have us believing that what we're experiencing is outside of us. What I'm offering is that when the mind generates pictures, and you know we've been saying this for decades, um, you know probably two years ago now we found a, a CIA website where the CIA is studying perception. 
perfect quote, CIDA is totally in harmony with what we've been teaching for decades, what the ancient scriptures have been teaching for thousands of years. Quote, here's the CIA study on perception. We do not record reality, we generate it. So when life comes along and triggers something, now in a nightmare, you know, it might be somebody, you know, it's a cool evening and their foot's out from under the covers and that physical stimulus has them wading through icy cold water with no escape if their issue is, I can't escape from things. So that might be what their nightmare look might look like. Their daymare might look like being faced with someone who resonates in them, you know, the way the foot sticking out from under the covers got cold and, and had somebody walking in icy cold water with no escape, the person with the issue of there's no escape, who refuses to face and resolve and awaken from the no escape dream in their minds, will end up perhaps feeling like, you know, someone is always in their face and always on them and look what they're doing to me. When the truth is, if that's what I'm feeling, it's because in my carbon-based memory, I have that feeling. And when I apply forgiveness, I wake up from that dream. So every picture that I see in my mind is generated by my mind. It's painted on the inside of my eyeballs. If I don't like it, and I apply the wake-up sheet, the forgiveness sheet, then I'll collapse it, and I'll be able to free myself of the unresolved energetic dynamics that create that. I love what uh, Carl Jung says. He says, those who look without dream. If you think that when you're living your life, you're always looking out there at the world, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're stuck in the dream. You're literally in a daymare. Oh, the thing is out there. When what's creating your feelings and the pictures in your mind are inside of you. What Jung says is, those who look within, awaken. Do you want to awaken from your daymares and your nightmares? Then you have to start applying forgiveness. That's how you wake up from the nightmares and daymares of a thousand generations that lie within you. And we've got seven and a half billion people on the planet living in these nightmares and daymares, believing that the problem is outside of them. You know, every war, every person murdered in war, every divorce, every conflict is done with smoke and mirrors. It's all an inside job. And we look at a picture behind, painted on the inside of our eyeballs, and we believe somebody else is responsible, and therefore we can't change that. So anybody who lives in the space where they think what they're feeling, when they're in upset, instead of saying, well, you know, what you just said triggered some some rage in me, some sadness, some fear. Instead of saying that, they say, well, why, you know, look at what you did. If they can stop and go, oh, that's triggered some rage or sadness in me, then what's happening is they're starting to look within, and they will wake up from that nightmare or daymare and put an end to it in their lifetime with the tools. Otherwise, it just goes on from generation to generation to generation. So when you recognize that your mind is always generating a world of pictures, if you believe your pictures accurately represent something outside of you and you're feeling hostility or fear, you are stuck in a daymare. And guess what? With the tools, you've got total control over that process. But if you're always talking about how somebody else did it to you and you never look within, you're always looking without, asleep, dreaming, and never look within, then that energetic cycle unresolved repeats itself, repeats itself, repeats itself, repeats itself for eternity, for generations and generations and generations. If you take the tool 
with which to collapse your nightmares or your daymares, and you collapse them, then you'll stop the sleep or the dream of looking out through your eyes and thinking you're looking at the world, and you'll start to drop inside. Now, when you do that, you are going to find some scary stuff. Because our generations have been hiding this scary stuff forever. You know, you look at the, the Greeks said, oh, don't ever open Pandora's box. And Pandora's box is nothing more than a, a metaphor for carbon-based memory. Don't open Pandora's box. You never know what you're going to find in there. What they didn't tell us is if you don't open Pandora's box, your whole life starts to look like Pandora's where the creative energy is gathered and expressed. You look at the ancient Aramaic, and the word they used for Pandora's box or carbon-based memory was the heart. And you remember they said, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. That is, take care of your own carbon-based memory, because the only issue you will ever face in your life is the issue you carried into the relationship. And you will behave in a way that reinforces you holding that somebody else is the cause of it, because we tend to drag each other in through matching bags of garbage. And so if two people actually agree to go for goodwill and keep coming back to the commitment of, I promise to trust you enough to tell you the truth and treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect, instead of speaking out of their hostile and fearful carbon-based memory and hostile and fearful minds, and taking the person they say, I cherish you one minute, and I don't want anything to do with you the next minute. Why? The only reason you wouldn't want somebody something to do with somebody that you cherish is because of what's going on inside of you and your dream. When you look at how to cancel or collapse the dream, you drop inside, and you do this awesome thing, which we walk you through in the worksheet, of forgiving and you get to drop into the part of your mind that holds the unresolved energy. The way they said this in the Aramaic was, and we could put it into the Greek context as well, you must forgive from Pandora's box that which you blame upon your brother. In Aramaic they said you must forgive from your heart the wrongs of your brother. So if you're pointing the finger at something else and saying, and there's a problem in your life, and you're in pain or turmoil. Now, are there people doing problem things out there? Absolutely. But you're not in pain or turmoil over that ever. You're only in pain or turmoil because you have pain or turmoil in you that you refuse to face. And you make up your night dreams and you make up your daydreams and you believe that it's all out there when the truth is it's all an inside job. The resistance to dropping into Pandora's box, the heart, the unconscious, the dissociated mind, carbon-based memory on the planet is huge. We're here to lessen the resistance by making the tools logical and creating a space of support for people to remember. You break down that word, remember, remember, reconnect, remember with your being the truth of who you are. You started out as the awesome active presence of love that's still who you are, and that's always available to you. Unless you can't remember, what prevents you from remembering, reconnecting with that is the rage, the guilt, the fear, the hate, the vengeance of the generations and the sleep and the dreams it creates in our nightmares and our daymares, believing that somebody else can cause me to feel something, leaves me unable to resolve what I'm feeling. We're here to support cracking open that illusion, each of us being able to drop into those hidden parts of the mind and forgive, and in so doing, instead of getting sucked into carbon-based memories, dynamics of fear and rage and vengeance and you know all of that stuff, to stay conscious as love and to keep dissolving the hostility and fear-based mind. So do you have control over your daymares? Absolutely, 100%, if you choose to do your work. Now, the first time you do a worksheet, you may not be finished with the daymare that's been going on in your life all your life. You know, Whatever the issue is, notice you faced it in your first relationship, you faced it in your second, your third, your tenth, your twentieth, your fiftieth, because you're carrying it there with you. Stop lying to yourself. It's got anything to do with who you're facing right now. 
It's got to do with one person and one person only, the person who's feeling it. So if we choose to engage in the process of forgiveness on an ongoing basis, we'll free ourselves from the nightmares and the daymares, and then we get to step into conscious creatorship. It's a whole different game than the victim game of it's all somebody else's fault. So that's what we're here to support understanding. That's what we're here to open and to offer the tools freely to make them available. Go to the website. Click the bullseye. Go to whyagain.org. Click the bullseye and start working through those links. It'll take you through the whole process. Is it going to happen overnight? No. I, I wish I could promise you that it will be easy and it will happen overnight. I wish I could promise you that you can storm the gates and you can be there yesterday. If you're there yesterday, then you're probably not there yet and you've got a rude awakening coming. So just just be aware if you say, oh, well, no, I got it all handled. I got it. Man, you haven't started to open Pandora's box yet. Now, if you lived a childhood that was sweet and gentle and wonderful, you had parents that used responsibility, communication, were really always there for you and there for each other and there with each other. If you had that kind of a childhood, then this isn't going to be a big deal for you. But if you didn't, there are layers and levels. Yes, there's your energy dynamics around it. And there's your parents, your parents' parents, and their parents before them. There are layers, and just stand with the willingness to drop into those layers of the mind. Find support. Be with support that knows how to spray love on you, to hold the space of love, and that accelerates the process immeasurably. So that's what we're here to do, and we're honored and delighted to here to share the space with us. Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us? He is, and he's on. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, just enjoying the intro. You were on a roll. I was on a roll. I'm having fun. <laughs> well, any thoughts, comments, anything to share today? Anything you're observing in your practice today is pattern. Well, I think the the thing that's getting most resonated for me as you're talking is the idea of all the different layers and the key to it being willingness. I went to uh, the Unity Spiritual Center in Woodstock on Sunday and the minister was giving a talk and he'd been to the um Indian Reservation, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, the Native American Reservation out there where this church has sent teams of people every year for, I don't know, eight or nine years now to do work, to do service projects, and to take donations specifically to help some of the most impoverished and... um, politically embroiled people on our continent and they happen to be you know native americans the indigenous people so he was giving a talk about the what happens when we think we're praying and our prayers aren't answered and what does that mean and um he'd given a, a similar talk a week ago yesterday on the first half of this and trying to talking about prayer other than just putting your order into the cosmic gift catalog as you call it and it stirred one of the congregants and she remembered a story that happened to her earlier this year her father had alzheimer's and they were from back in Michigan, and she went back to visit her parents, who had been members of their church back there for, I don't know whether she said 50 years or, or more. And the situation with her father and mother was that they were living alone and had become so isolated because of his Alzheimer's that it was 
you know, it was like they lived out on an island. Nobody came from anywhere unless it was the children coming back to try and help temporarily. So she was out for a walk, and she was, you know, asking for guidance, and she got the guidance on this Sunday morning when she was out for a walk to go to the church where her parents went for all these years and walk up to the front of the church and tell them they need help. And she was struck with terror and upset at the ridiculous nature of this thought that came to her after she asked for help. And then she realized, well, if I have such resistance to it, there must be something in it. So sure enough, she went to the church that she hasn't been in for years because she's, you know, she's an adult and she's grown and moved on with her life and lives in a different state and, and goes to the unity rather than this Episcopal or whatever this other church is. And she sat in the back waiting for the perfect time to go up front, and she realized there isn't going to be a perfect time, and she just walked right down the center of the aisle and turned around and stood up in front of the minister and the congregation and choked up with tears and said, this is my name and these are my parents who've been in this church all these years, and and they need help. We need help. And not a single person from the church has been there in X number of years. And and then she kind of sprinted for the exit, crying, and and they wouldn't even let her get out of the church. She had people there escorting her, giving her a ride home. Four more people showed up a couple hours later, four more after that, and she took names and numbers, and they just talked, and they did the celebration of community and connecting that hadn't been done in that church for who knows how long. And the people thanked her for doing that because the church needed that. They needed the wake-up call. They needed the to be shaken out of this idealistic nature of the sterile ritual that was their congregation and to wake up to their their humanity and their sense of community. Awesome. And, and just talking about her willingness, and she's done a lot of work over the years to get to the point where she could actually hear the response. She was walking and asking for guidance, and the guidance came, and her first impulse was, well, this is the dumbest thing ever. That can't be my guidance. I want something else. I want the quick fix. I want the easy thing. I want the fun exciting thing and it just kept coming back no just walk into that church and go all the way to the front and bear your soul and watch what happens so that's what that's the story that kept resonating as you were talking about getting back to our humanity and being willing to undo the layers of baggage and garbage and one of the results that i've seen in my life when the more i do that work is i can hear the guidance more often and it isn't always the fun stuff I want to go do, but it is very, very productive when I listen to that guidance. And I'm convinced that I'm able to hear more of it because of the worksheets and the breathing and the mind shifters and the trips to Heartland and and the intensive work that's allowed me to drop layers of identification with who I thought I was or who I thought I had to be in order to be accepted and all of that cross-generational stuff you were referring to. And the more of it I drop, the better my life gets. It's kind of a weird thing. Who would have thought it? Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's very cool. Fabulous. Well, as you you talk about... um so the Native American uh, plight, uh, and and then tie that with the the gift of the wake up call she gave this group. I, you know that's so powerful, and oftentimes people don't want to be shaken out of their complacency. You know, oftentimes when I get up to speak to a new group, I'll tell them that I'm there for two reasons, and that is if you're uncomfortable, I hope that what I have to say will bring you some comfort, and if you're stuck in complacency, I hope I'm going to bring you some pain. I hope I'm going to stir you up. And so oftentimes on my Facebook page, I'll uh, I'll post things that stir people up. 
get things moving. And one that I had posted just recently uh, was, you know, they talk about Sandy Hook as the deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. And, in fact, it is not the deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. It's far, far, far from it. And uh, the deadliest shooting in a school in U.S. history was actually back in the year 1890. And there were over 200 women and children who were shot in a school here in America. And it was done by the U.S. Army. A lot of people aren't going to want to hear that. But if you're going to support Native Americans, you're going to have to create a space for that kind of stuff to open and the pain of that kind of thing to be resolved. You're going to have to open the space on the perpetrator's side of those who would do such insanity to bring healing to it. And you look at the the insanity that's going on on our planet today by that same organization. Today, I posted on Facebook uh, some research recently done by Physicians for Social Responsibility. You know, we say that our war on terror is a response to 3,000 people who died in a bombing airplane sitting buildings in New York City. <clears throat> Physicians for Social Responsibility says this number is extremely conservative, probably does not even scratch the surface of the actual numbers. U.S.-led military attacks have killed in the Middle East over 1.5 million people. We need to create a space for the healing of the perpetrators and the healing of those who we're on the receiving end of that, and the relatives who are understandably enraged. You know, they're the, the kinds of things that we need to allow ourselves to get uncomfortable about, the kind of things that we've got to allow to come up from carbon-based memory and bring to the presence of love and forgive if humanity's ever going to be freed from that. Now, most people go, well, that's too uncomfortable to talk about. I don't want to look at that's what my tax dollars do, and I'm responsible for that. Well, you know, I understand it. But if the dynamics ever going to change, you're going to have to look at it. We're going to have to be people who say, I'm willing to be that uncomfortable with what has gone on and what I carry around within me so that I don't have to live with the nightmares and the daymares of those unresolved energies. We're not inviting people into a wimp's work. It's a huge task to open this Pandora's box and to really begin to deal. So she gives us a, a sweet example of her willingness to go into her uncomfortability and open the space of people who'd become complacent to move out and do something different than what kept them in their comfortable little corner. So, so it's a pretty awesome space to recognize that we can each create that within our family systems, within our relationships, within our businesses, within our culture, and in our world. It's, uh, it's no small task. But as long as we refuse to forgive from our hearts, that is our own dissociated mind, those energetic dynamics of the generations, as long as we refuse to face them and deal with them, then they will come to fruition through manifestation in our world. And we wake up insane thought by insane thought by insane thought and bring it to love and bring it to love and bring it to love and bring it to love. And the beauty of that whole process is to recognize that Whatever you need to open up, whatever's in there, whatever's been done to you, whatever you've done, it's never touched the truth of who you are. And when we can open that space, then the truth of who we are as human beings, as love, can come forward. And that active presence of love 
opens the space for amazing things to happen. Another post I put on Facebook was from Eleanor Roosevelt, and she said it, I think, very gingerly and very delicately, but it ties right in. And she says, when will our consciousness, our, pardon me, our consciences grow so tender that we will act to prevent human misery rather than avenge it? When will we do that? Eleanor asks, and I appreciate her making that statement because we need to open that tender place within us and be able to embrace those things that perhaps we'd rather not look at. And so that's what we're here to support is for people to open those tender spaces. The person I was speaking with this morning that I shared with you was in a pretty heavy-duty space, uh, voice tones down about 20 octaves from where they normally are. And recognizing that those spaces are safe to open and having the support of someone who can hold to active love begins the process of dissolution. We are here to create a space of such deep safety that we can dissolve literally every rage, every fear, every hate, every vengeance ever engaged in by mankind. So that's what we're here to support. We're honored and delighted that you're here to share that space with us. I'm certainly honored and delighted that Dr. Tim is here to support us so often. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jeannie tells me that we've got a caller. We actually have two callers, but um, uh, the first one is 970. You're on the air. I think this might be Stuart across the street. Nine seven zero, you're on the air. Hello, area code nine seven zero. Must have turned away in another direction. So let's try our other caller, and we'll see if uh, we come back in a minute. If uh, nine seven zero is there. Okay, the next one's eight two eight. You're on the air. I think this one is Terry. Hey, Michael. Well, hey there, young man. How are you, sir? I'm good. <laughs> so fabulous. What be on your mind yeah. today? How can we support you? Well, you know, uh, as I'll, I'll uh, uh, open up the thing. Well, that person you were talking about with me, and uh, as uh, the support is what's so key. The support. I did a little worksheet with uh, Susan prior to, and then you would call them while I was. Doing the worksheet to talk about something else. And I the wake up sheet. Back. Yeah, the wake up sheet, and uh, <laughs> process through that. So I, I had a game plan because what you just described was what I was going through. That I did not want to go in there and talk to anybody about anything. And it was like, let's just avoid this at all costs. <laughs> that was what my mind was saying. Now, my body and my energy was willing to go into that, and, and, and it, I was given the, the plan or the thought, the idea. I went in, said hello, went over to the computer, and uh, let me back up one minute. As I, I hung up the phone, the, the guy that's doing the painting for me came up, and then he started telling me about all his troubles with his uh, wife, and he was going to leave her. He was thinking of moving out, you know, he's going to find him an apartment. I was like, wow, isn't this interesting? He wants to avoid the stuff that's coming up there. But, man, it's all around me. Can't escape it. And so I went in and I printed off four copies of the commitment, okay? And I had the painter sit down at the table with Mom. I made them both sit down. I asked, invited them to sit down, give me a couple of minutes. And then I read the commitment to her in his presence while he was watching, and I said, I got you an extra copy there. I said, you might want to share this with your wife. And I said that, uh, and then I shared the fact that Susan and I have read the commitment to each other every day, and stuff has come up. Mom says, oh, you mean 
Y'all have had some trouble? <laughs> I, said, I, said, no. I said, we're such a perfect match, and there's such a high vitality there that stuff comes up. And so this commitment has allowed us both to remain uh, in uh, the presence of each other and to process through what's going on. So that's it, buddy. That's a recap that's awesome. of the last hour. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I that's that's just fabulous to uh, to go from you know the space where we first started talking to that is just monumental. That's what a what a gift to give the world, and then to be able to do it in front of someone else who's uh, who's in the throes of considering divorce and, and uh huh yeah there was fearless I was fearless I was fearless and I was convinced, and what happened was mom started to tear up. And she was struggling with that, but she couldn't help but open up to that. Now, she didn't really acknowledge it. She tried to avoid it. She still her stuff all the time. But there was a breakthrough there for a moment where she was in touch with some feelings. Hmm. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Susan. You're listening out there. I appreciate it. I have my mind shifter that I'm ready to uh, go in and uh, uh, do that this evening. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's just so powerful. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting how, you know, what have you, well, your, your first intensive was probably, what, 17, 18 years ago now? Yeah, I think. No, it was like no, not, maybe not. Maybe not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think Michaela. And, Michaela was a youngster. She was a baby. Yeah, she was pretty. Anyway, she was pretty small. It's been over. It's been over a decade for sure. Yeah. yeah. And to look at the the depth that you're able to drop in your process, and you know, oftentimes people will find the work, and you know. Uh, a very short. Oh well, I got it all handled. It's like, well, you know, give yourself a little time because there are probably some more layers to go. Of course, if you came from the perfect family where people were always loving and caring and respectful with each other and responsible and talked about themselves when they were in pain or trauma, then of course you wouldn't <laughs> need to drop to that depth. But uh, I haven't run into too many people who come from that uh, history, and so the layers one one needs to. Uh, to take the time to drop through those layers and instead of rushing it and thinking, oh, I've got it all handled, it's a process. Give yourself space and time to do the process. So nice piece of work, my friend. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Anything else to share? That's it. I'm good. I'm going right. to mute out of here. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show, but I'm going to focus on my drive. Okay, sure. Okay? All right, okay. thank you. Okay, be safe. Travel blessings. All righty, bye-bye. So let's try uh, 970 again, Jeannie, and see if we get a response. No, he's not come back yet. So, oh, wait, he's on there. He doesn't have his hand up, though. Uh, 970? Are you at a place where you can talk now? I saw your hand up earlier, but you didn't respond. Stuart? Sounds like he's busy. All right. Cool. I'm muting back off of there. So we've got about six minutes. So we've got time for another good conversation. Anything else on your mind, Tim? Oh, we have a hand just went up. I'll go go ahead. Nine seven zero. You're on the air. Is it Stuart? Yeah, it's Stuart. I think uh, I think it was an error. I've been down. Yeah, actually working down here on Harmony, and my cell phone's in my pocket, and I think I butt one you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's the first time you've been butt one. <laughs> yeah, you've been butt one. You know, so no, I've been uh, kind of climbing ladders and stuff. So I don't know if I've kind of accidentally hit number one but no i didn't have anything to share today but uh i'm just enjoying working on the property here and doing the uh the inner and the outer work what a gift and uh did you meet uh, with julie this morning i had a wonderful wonderful meeting with julie every time you know there's there's a lot of depth 
that I get to experience when I meet with Julie. And so today it went for three and a half hours, and I felt like it could have gone for another three and a half more. You know, I was I was loving it, and uh, you know, of course, it's not it's not feel good as you say, uh, but uh, but it's amazing what happens. Uh, no matter what, you know, any resistance that's being felt in the body by breathing and keeping myself and my body language and everything open, how receptive and how it, it, it just it comes in. And there's, there's a new level of awareness that keeps coming in. And so we worked through another worksheet today uh, uh, that was, you know, I didn't realize the power in the different worksheets. And even though it's kind of the same stuff that we're dealing with um, in 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 the process, each worksheet has its own vibration, which I'm I'm really uh, enjoying. And uh, so I got to do that today and work with uh, another deeper level of my uh, my um, power person dynamic, uh, which is my cool. older brother, and. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I love this work. It's what I've been looking for. I hear you. You know? So. <laughs> and I'm excited, and, you know, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic to to have the symptoms of healing, the the actual feelings that I used when I was closing down to my power person come up, and as I'm feeling those... I, there's actually a layer of excitement underneath that, and yes. that's that's cool. Well, if you look, one of the first things to go when we go into this in the um, Empowered to Heal workshop, one of the first things to go <clears throat> is our enthusiasm as children. You know, we're born in theos means in God, in love. And when people are at that high level of vitality, children, the adults around them who shut that down decades ago, don't want that kind of aliveness present. And the reason is because the enthusiasm, the entheos has been shut down in them from very early stages. And when you re-actually get to the point where you've got the vitality to pull that energy out of the pineal gland, because that's where that repressed and suppressed enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that's driven down in the child. You know, we, we live in a culture that says children should be, we say it kindly, seen and not heard, but it really means should be seen and suppressed. Shut them down. And so when you get to the level of vitality that you can deal with those early dynamics of having enthios, enthusiasm shut down, wow, whole new pieces and whole new levels of work show up. It's just amazing to watch how actually you can go through the whole endocrine system as you deal with enthusiasm is the first thing to go, then pain, then fear, anger, the whole works. And when those things open, each organ system opens, the load's taken off of them, and the whole system has to adjust, and it throws off a whole other layer of happening and, and gets to the point where you can deal with a whole other layer of genetic propensities. And so it's it's a pretty cool process to uh, engage in, and certainly that's the whole process of, uh, of deepening the experience, part of being here at Heartland and having everybody on the team of moving things forward and doing their work together and uh, and then getting to meet with people like Julie and Jeannie and, you know, Chuck and Magda and Patrick and just get that support. It's pretty awesome. So it thank is, you for is. being here. and Thank you for the awesome painting that's happening. If anybody's not looking on Facebook, you know, friend us on Facebook, JM underscore RYCE, and take a look at, uh, at what's happening. We've got Calypso happening on Heartland property. Beautiful colors, uh, beautiful choices, Jeannie. Uh, and uh, I'm enjoying putting, putting them on. It's, uh, I think, as I stated at dinner last night, it's adding a, uh, a nice... Uh, Fertilization for a feminine receptive energy uh, that uh, that I love to be a part of uh, putting putting cool. here uh, into the, the the land. So it's uh, what a gift, you know, both ways. So thank you so much. 
All right, so well, we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to close the show out. I'll just put out the reminder that, remember, in February, we've got two intensives happening. If you want to get away from winter especially, we're going to be in Orlando, Kissimmee, Florida. We've got this beautiful, big 3,500-square-foot house we've rented for a lap of luxury intensive. We're going to do a nine-day codependence to interdependence communication practicum. That nine-day will stretch out to a 16-day for those who want to stay the whole 16 days. And then we'll be doing a 16-day laws of living. So come and play. Be delighted to have you with us. Have a blessed day. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.